1: This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome in to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, the first episode after the Yankees did it. They put Anthony Volpe on the opening day of roster, and yes, it's pronounced Volpe. We're being told. Do you want to go old school? Go Volpe. It's kind of intimidating, but I don't care. whatever he wants to be called. And you can call him the opening day shortstop of the New York Yankees. Aaron Boone says he's batting ninth. Guess what? I don't care. I don't care where he is. Second leadoff, regular leadoff, batting seventh. You can't even get me down with the Josh Donaldson stuff and the fact that he's still on the roster. You can't even get me down with the people complaining about how IKF is still here and Oswald Peraza's at AAA. This is a time to celebrate. We are three days before opening day. The Yankees are carrying their youngest opening day player since Derek Jeter in 1996. That is plenty of reason to pop champagne. He is also the fifth youngest Yankee to ever make his MLB debut on opening day, which uh, will be an extremely exciting moment if, and when it happens and it seems like it's going to happen on Thursday, Uh, man, we're so excited. A couple other big roster moves though, coming alongside the Volpe promotion, the Volpe heartfelt video, the Volpe family hugs, Uh, Matt Crook, down Jimmy Cordero and Albert Abreu up. Crook down. Why? Probably because Johnny Brito is now your fifth starter. Probably. We'll explain. Luis Severino is no more. And we are going to talk through our likely predictions for the opening day lineup. <laughs> Big show today. And you can find it on the stream live right now, two o'clock, Mondays and Thursdays, Eastern time on YouTube, every Monday, every Thursday. And yes, if you're doing the math, that means we will be live during. The Yankees opening day game on Thursday. You at the ballpark? Great. Enjoy the action. You at home? Put us on as a companion piece. We'll rock it live while the game is occurring. We'll also be on all podcast platforms after the stream is over. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there. Thomas Carinante, I can't wait any longer. The New York Yankees. uh, We suspected they were going to do this. I said it was, uh, what did I say, 60-40? They wouldn't the other day but that was the closest I came to saying I was flipping over that 50-50 mark saying they're actually going to get her done and uh, all the hints in the world turned out to be because Anthony Welp is just going to make the team Uh, but first you have a special offer for any enthusiastic Yankee fans looking to spend some more money. Yeah
2: baby opening day is Thursday and what better timing DraftKings is here for all the folks in New York, New Jersey and Connecticut. Um, We got a promo for you. If you head on over to draftkings.com or download the app, whichever you prefer, you head there as a first-time user, you punch in the code YanksGoyard, and you bet $5 on any sport, you will get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Are you confident in the Yankees on opening day against the Giants with Garrett Cole on the hill? Um, I am. Not really confident after that because we have a decimated rotation, but I'd say turning that $5, banking on Garrett Cole to get that $150 in bonus bets Seems like a pretty good deal. Um, Once upon a time with my DraftKings winnings, I came decked out today, got my Somerset Patriots hat uh, for the Volpe promotion. And I got my uh, Jimmy Pesto's pizzeria shirt because we're going full Italian today. Um, So for all those interested in DraftKings and this promotion, you head on over to DraftKings.com, download the app. Um, punch in the code YanksgoYard. yard, bet $5 on any sport get $150 in bonus bets. If your bet wins, it's a minimum $5 deposit and wager required new customers. Only 21 and present in New York gambling problem. Call 8778 hope NY or text hope NY in New Jersey. Call text 1800 uh, 1-800 gambler um, in Connecticut. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full term full terms at draftkings.com or in the description below. Um, And don't forget, guys, this directly supports the podcast. Um, We appreciate you listening and doing everything else in your power to um, help keep us going. This is one of the big things. We're trying to get you some extra cash in your pocket. So head on over to DraftKings, cash in on this promo, and let's get to it.
1: I have spent a lot of time and effort trying to save up money in January, February, and March, three months where there is no baseball to spend money on and honestly, not that much to spend money on in general. Your friends are going out on a Thursday, Friday night. No, they're not. They're staying inside. It's twelve degrees. They're not doing anything at all. Um, you know. And but all of a sudden, April rolls around. New York Yankees are home. Bruce Springsteen is at the Barclay Center. Bruce Springsteen is at UBS Arena. You got to drop that cash. Uh, it's cheaper in some places than others. But if you want to go, gotta spend it. So take every avenue you possibly can. And uh, that's just another reason we need cash too. Like we we now need more cash. Than we needed in February and January because we we got stuff to do. We got Yankee games to attend. We got jerseys to buy. Carl's thrown on. Got through a thirty pitch bullpen session today. Felt good. Thinking about putting money on that jersey now. Not going to do it till he makes his first start. But I gotta save up that coin. And most importantly, am I gonna grab the Volpe shirt um, jersey? Who knows? He's got to decide on a number right now. Still rocking seventy seven because is his grandfather. Loved Mickey Mantle, or it was just assigned to him randomly. But he just his grandfather just happened to love Mickey Mantle. I'm not sure. I don't want to make that commitment until I know what number he's going to wear long term. But that shows what position he was in coming into this spring training. He he was going to get the opportunity to show out. But I don't know if I thought he was any more likely. He was only like what 10 percent, 15 percent more likely to make the team than Jason Dominguez. Yeah, like. They still have – they've got Oswald Peraza. They call him up first. They call him up at the end of last year. They call Oswaldo Cabrera up last year. Peraza starts it short in the ALCS. Peraza is called the better defensive infielder, and yet all Volpe did was come and take it. 1054 OPS hit 308 this spring, three bombs, five stolen bases – uh, Peraza, the 616 OPS, the 190 average. But this is about more than small sample sizes. This is about the player in Anthony Volpe who we all saw and who the Yankees also saw. He made it undeniable. You watched Pablo Lopez the other day, uh, and the Twins. Volpe did this on brand names all spring long, by the way. Homered off Chris Martin of the Red Sox. Got Pablo. Uh, I, I retweeted a tweet that had them all handled. Aaron Nola the other day. Mitch Keller hit a homer off of. Uh, hit the triple and the double off Aaron Nola. He's doing this against brand names. And Lopez, first AB, gets him to swing and miss at a patented slider. Second at bat, he starts him with that slider on the outside corner, and he waits and he deposits it 415 feet over the center field fence. And Lopez was like, wow, what a great adjustment. And it wasn't in at – it was at bat to at bat. It wasn't beginning to end of game. It wasn't today to tomorrow. It was the very next time he was already ready. Um, I know that you are aligned with me and that this was the right decision. Uh, But did this shock you or were you getting ready for this?
2: I was getting ready for this last week. I had, I had Volpe on the opening day roster. Um, We'll we'll go into what it could look like in a little while. Brian Hoke had, had kind of a wild prediction in my opinion, but um, with the manner in which Volpe performed with how it all started, even as early as when the season ended, when he was informed that he would be in the running for the job, Um, The Yankees don't publicize that stuff usually um, unless they're serious about it. Um, And if they were to publicize that stuff from the onset and all Volpe did was prove that he's the man for the job, which he essentially did, then I feel like it would have been a situation where the Yankees would have been really going back on their word. Like usually when they make these decisions where it's like, what are you doing? This doesn't seem to make sense. What's going on here? It's it comes off as them just like not exactly being present in the moment, as opposed to them leaving us a trail of clues. They never leave the trail of clues. It's like, they'll just make a ruling and you're like, wait, what the hell? I thought it was trending in some sort of direction here. They gave us clear indication of what might happen from the onset. Um, The only thing that got me here was Peraza getting optioned because you want to talk about narratives at the start of spring. He was the shoe in to win the starting job. He was, it was his job to lose heading into spring training, especially as we learned as the days went by that Isaiah kind Falefa would not be in the running in in the, in that battle. Um, so for Peraza for it to be, and you want to talk about, you know, uh, missing the mark with your decision. I think they kind of did it here because, The options for Peraza were either make the opening day roster as the starting shortstop or hang out in Scranton until further notice. Like that's that was that was how they they went about this. I don't necessarily agree with that. I fully and wholeheartedly agree with Volpe being on the roster um, and I'm thrilled about that. I'm not necessarily upset with anything else, but if you're talking about Volpe and Peraza being the future middle infield of the New York Yankees, then I don't know why we're holding on to someone like Isaiah Conner-Falefa at this juncture. I don't know why we're hanging on to Aaron Hicks at this juncture when you have guys like Ortega and Calhoun in spring training who could theoretically help you get by in the first few months of the season. Um, The the move to me would have been to clear an extra roster roster spot for the both of them, make Volpe the winner for shortstop because he clearly earned it, um, and not really have some sort of confidence type thing with Peraza who – came up for 18 games last year did nothing but impress in those 18 games then got a start in the ALCS impressed on the defensive end didn't really do anything offensively but what are you going to do it Was his first postseason at bats um, and then send him right back down to AAA where he has nothing left to prove so you're kind of hurting his trade value you're hurting his confidence and um, you know Volpe's the centerpiece which doesn't really change in my opinion because since day one since we started hearing more and more about about Volpe and he had his 2021 breakout he was always the guy, right? Regardless of if, you know, regardless of how Peraza's future shook out, the only way it would have not been this way is if Peraza continued to dominate and Volpe was less and less impressive by the day. Um, but yeah, I was convinced since the beginning, I was like, if Volpe has a good spring, he's gonna be here. And I'm glad that it panned out that way because it's the right decision.
1: I still keep Peraza. I don't wanna trade Peraza. I don't want to trade him yeah. for nothing. And I, I think that ultimately it's a Peraza Volpe middle infield is the future of this team. Um, I, I, but I think this year a Volpe Glaber Torres middle infield is better for the New York Yankees, than Torres Peraza, and then Volpe Peraza. Um, now Glaber Torres could prove me wrong by struggling and Peraza can heat up a triple A. I don't think being a triple A, I don't think Peraza is going to learn. You're right. He's not going to learn that much being a triple A. The weirdest thing though, is that being the shortstop of the New York Yankees is a very specific honor, right? Uh, and so a lot of people, and I think far too many people are just sort of saying uh, it, it, You know, well, is a better defender. He'll play short. Volpe will play second. No big deal. Whatever. Maybe Volpe plays third. And, yeah, maybe that is the case. Maybe next year when Josh Donaldson's gone, Volpe does play third. Maybe DJ LeMahieu plays second. Maybe Peraza plays short. I don't know how it shakes out next year, but I do know that being the shortstop of the New York Yankees probably means more to Anthony Volpe than it would to Oswald Peraza. I think Volpe's the one from the New York Yankees family. Yeah. He's the one who idolized Derek Jeter. Peraza is a very good middle infielder. So we'll see how things shake out next year. Um, and I know Volpe's team first, right? So he's never going to – if they tell him to move off the position next year because we ran the data and we think Peraza's the better defensive player and he hit 310 at AAA with power and he's ready and he's got to be here, Volpe's not going to complain about moving off the position. But it is nice uh, that he gets the ceremonial lift of being the Yankees' shortstop on opening day is he going to be the Yankee shortstop for 20 years probably not is he gonna be the Yankee shortstop next year I think odds are are not in his favor unless they get a deadline deal that involves Peraza that they really love but for now he is the starting shortstop and a lot of people are, are just saying "Oh, you know Peraza's the better defender um, as if Volpe's not a good defender he is a very good defender he, he just maybe doesn't have quite the range that Peraza does He's got the hands. He's got the instincts. Everybody knows that. We'll see what it's like. They have to move him off sooner. They will. But he gets that ceremonial start. I think that's going to mean a lot to him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, now, we had some other roster decisions that kind of changed the complexion of what we're going to be seeing on opening day. Um You were surprised by this one. I don't know if I'm surprised by it, but I'd rather hear your take first because you've been watching these games a little bit more closely than I have. I'm usually a highlights guy in spring. I catch a couple innings here and there. I don't sit there glued to the TV. I can't deal with that stress because we're about to... Spring
1: sucks. Spring sucks.
2: We're about to deal with the stress from opening day until the end of the season when we're watching 120 plus games. Um, And honestly, 2021 really just put me in a bad spot. It was one of the worst full start to finish baseball seasons I've ever witnessed. Um, But yeah, Matt Crook. Uh, lefty that we thought was going to be one of the last guys coming on uh, coming up north um, to uh, participate in the bullpen uh, was demoted. What do we make of this?
1: I think that it's surprising on the surface. I was surprised when I learned Matt Crook was demoted yesterday and he didn't even make it to the final days of cuts. Uh, But honestly, it's just a cascading scale of something that had to happen because of other things that had to happen. Um, you know, it shocked me at first just because he was someone I penciled in to the roster. And somebody in our mention said he thought the Yankees were concerned about his velocity. And that's why they demoted him. Um, not seeing that concern anywhere else. So that's just a comment. If anybody wants to weigh in on that, uh, welcome to it. But we, and we watched Matt Crook yesterday. Uh, walk the first two guys he faced in the ninth. Then get out of it. A little chopper, a little strikeout called strike three. And, uh, you know, another grounder to end the game. I, I thought he would sort of be the JP Sears of this year. And maybe yeah. he will be. Uh, but J.P. Sears started last year. Uh, you know, he was in the minors plenty last year. So who knows? Um, I think Crook makes this roster if Luis Severino doesn't go down. Because yeah. uh, Aaron Boone confirmed the obvious yesterday. He said Jimmy Cordero and Albert Abreu both make the roster. Then Crook got demoted after the game. I think that's just because they needed to put Brito on the team and they wouldn't have needed to do that otherwise. If not for the injury brito got demoted like 3 weeks ago. He would have been at AAA, uh working things out and he has not been given the fifth starter job yet. We'll we'll talk about him in a second. Um yeah, but it seems in all likelihood either he will be coming up or they will be making a pretty large trade. Um so the crook thing it's only surprising until you really step another 10 feet back and examine it. Cordero had to make the team. H- had a couple struggles this spring but mostly looked great. Albert Brea, you knew he was making the team because they love him. They always have. They went, they DFA'd him last year and regretted it. Went out and got him again in the middle of the year after he went to KC, he went to Texas, he came back, mm-hmm. still throwing 100, still can't miss bats. Um, I'm, I'm not happy. I understand why he's the last guy in the bullpen. I also understand I don't really need to be freaking out about the last guy in the bullpen on opening day, but – same as it ever was. He, you know, spring doesn't matter unless you're seeing the same thing you've seen in the regular season over and over again with no improvement. And he he flat out blew a game uh, on Friday afternoon against the Twins cruising. Everybody but Albert Brady was cruising. They bring him in for the eighth and ninth, the eighth and ninth of a spring training game don't even have starters. It's like double A players and prospects. So I'm not concerned about spring training. But I think it's a terrible visual when you have someone who's going to be a big league reliever coming in against people who will never make a big league roster and still managing to blow a game and blow a significant lead. Gave up a two-out homer in the eighth. Uh, ended up putting a uh, runner on second with two outs in the ninth. Walked a pro- walked prospect, Brooks Lee. Uh, gave up a, a single to score a run immediately after that. And they gave up a three-run home run with two strikes and two outs to go down 6-4. And again, they led 4-1 in the eighth. Um, I know why he's on the team. I still don't know what the put away pitch is, and I, I can't endorse it. I-, I really can't. I've been shrugging and just saying, "Of course, Albert Abreu is going to be on the roster for weeks," but he doesn't look any better than he ever has.
2: Yeah, you know, I feel the same way as you do. I've been uh, when they brought him back last year after the Trevino trade. I'm like, really? Like they get like Brian Cashman has to like show that he won the trade and then won it again by bringing Abreu back. Like, oh, we traded Abreu for it our starting catcher and then we got to bring you back and he's going to contribute some innings. Like there is no put away pitch. He is susceptible to the long ball. Um, there's nothing really inspiring there. They've tried this experiment a multitude of times. It doesn't really work as the last guy in the bullpen though. Sure. Fine. Um, in terms of crook, um, I think that obviously Abreu was out of options, so it was easy to bring him up right now and say, you know what, if he starts sucking, we'll get him out of here. Um, And that gives Crook a little bit more time in the minor leagues to work out some stuff. I am optimistic in Crook. I've watched him pitch a couple of times this spring. Um, One was early on. One was the other day. The other day, control was a little bit iffy. Um, 17 pitches, six strikes. I don't like that. Um, And that's been a little bit of a trend over his last three outings. Um, he's given up, uh, two earned runs and four and a third. Um, he's walked five batters. Um, he's only struck out five. Um, and he had his most laborious outing of the spring against Detroit on March 17th. He threw 51 pitches in two and a third innings. Um, only 32 of those went for strikes. Um, so maybe they're seeing some sort of, uh, command issues, um, as spring has gone on because he was lights out in the first, what did he have? Five, seven shutout innings to kick off spring training. He struck out 10 batters um, and only walked two. So that was awesome. Um, you know, you know how things happen. Um, they, they, they probably want him to just get his bearings. Um, he's going to be probably suited for more of a relief role. Um, now that we've kind of looked at it, um, maybe uh, multi, uh, you know, multi-inning guy, if you're looking at two maximum 3 remember they're going to have to preserve his arm for the remainder of the year um and they're not going to war- want to burn anybody in the early going i don't know if he's going to go back um to the minors as a reliever or a starter that's probably something to look out for cuz he started all of his games last year right he's he's a starting he's a starting pitcher um yeah so uh i think that this is not the worst thing you get maybe you get a little bit of run out of a you and then the first bad outing, you're like, okay, now he's on trial, and then one or two more, then he's out of there, and then you can make the decision. So I'm not entirely bummed
1: by it. I'm not entirely bummed by it. I just don't like Albert Brady. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> the rotation to start the year, worth talking about, because you know when you uh, – I sleep in on Saturday, this this particular Saturday. Just want to get some disease. Uh, you know, I try not to look at my phone first thing in the morning, but inevitably I do because this is what <laughs> I do. Like you, you just check your phone. The first tweet I see is uh, I think it was talking Jake or somebody equally relevant saying when the Yankees deal with these starting pitcher injuries, they typically go internally rather than externally. I was like, is this about a pitcher who's already been injured or did I sleep through another pitcher injury? And it was like 10 minutes previously that Luis Severino went down with some sort of low grade lat strain. Uh, Aaron Boone says like five days, seven days, no throw barely going to have to start the season on the IL, but I'm sure we'll see him in June. Uh, They love not rushing Luis Severino and Luis Severino loves giving them a reason not to rush him. So we're going to have a different fifth starter to open the year. That also means Clark Schmidt is getting the second start of the year. because That's how things line up. And Domingo Hormann is getting the third start of the year. Uh, fourth goes to Nestor. And uh, the fifth will uh, will go to Johnny Burrito. Certainly seems that way. Uh, there is a chance the Yankees make a trade for the season starts. We were already on the Chris Flexen bandwagon uh, before this injury happened. Chris Flexen just gives you quality innings. He broke out in 2021, 179, two thirds innings with like a mid three ZRA, 363. I mean, 361. It's good. Last year, ERA was in the same area in the 370s, but the FIP was way higher, so we kind of got lucky last year. Does Seattle want to surrender someone who's their sixth starter right now, though? Or do they want to look around the league and realize that people in the rotation get hurt all the time, and your sixth starter will probably be in the rotation in a couple of weeks, and maybe you just sit on that unless you really want Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. So it seems likely the Yankees are probably not going to be able to make a deal at the horn here, and instead it will be Brito making that start. Clark Schmidt. I will say, use the sweeper today. used his final spring start to just sort of mess around and see how much uh, he could get, uh, you know, that that slider, that sweeper going. And uh, he was great today. Uh, he struck out seven and four and a third. Didn't give up a run until his final inning of work, the fifth. Of course, he gave up a ribby double to someone named Mason Hour of the Rays, and then a ribby single to someone named Cooper Kinney of the Rays. So his yeah. last two at bats were bad. The game is tied at two, but he struck out seven in, in four and a third and mostly looked pretty dominant using this tight slider and the cutter. So I'm I'm happy for Clark Schmidt. I, I don't really know if I wanted to see him starting the second game of the year, but uh, feel a lot better about the rotation after yesterday than I did before yesterday because I saw Johnny Brito five and a third perfect innings against the Blue Jays. Perfect. Uh, he is the 27th best prospect in the Yankee system per pipeline, but he's one of the best command pitchers in the system. He only allowed nine homers last year mm. in, across his entire season in double and triple a and 10 the year before you keep the ball in the ballpark and you can keep the ball down and keep the ball on the ground. I'm a fan.
2: Zero walks this spring in 11 innings. I certainly like that. Um, I, you know, the outing yesterday obviously solidified it for the Yankees, made it the, the timing couldn't have been better. Um, on another note, though, because how much analysis can we have here about somebody who's never pitched in the bigs? Um, Jury still out on Clark Schmidt for me. It's just going to be that way until he can assimilate into some sort of role or provide some produce, uh, consistent production that is, you know, different from, you know, baking in one of those underwhelming performances or complete meltdowns. Um, rooting for him. Don't know if I'm optimistic. Uh, Luis Severino, God help me. Um, I just, I can't wait for this relationship to be over. Um, and I don't mean that meanly. Um, I speculated to myself many times this off season, uh, or I'm sorry, many times leading up to the beginning of the off season after the Yankees were eliminated in the ALCS, I said, Maybe you reject Severino's $15 million team option and save $15 million. Or maybe you pick it up and you trade him because this ain't working out. Every year there's something, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but Luis Severino has had a bad spring. A very bad spring. He's given up uh multiple runs in every single start. He's given up he's given up uh six home five home runs this spring. Um, or I'm sorry, six, am I looking at the right thing? Yeah. Six home runs this spring. Um, and now we're learning about an injury on March 25th. Uh, seems like another classic miscommunication or hiding of information for me. You don't just have this bad of a spring from the onset after having a resurgent campaign, after dealing with Tommy John and a groin issue and a shoulder issue. Um, Once again, there is this is a never-ending saga, whether it's an injury, whether it's friction with the front office, whether it's uh, thinking he's more injured than he's not, whether it's him thinking he's not as injured and not communicating it to the the front office or the team staff, whether it's withholding him from the World Baseball Classic and further fracturing the relationship because you're afraid of an injury, and then this happens anyway. Um, If the Yankees were smart, they would read into the vibe element of all this. Sometimes – You have relationships that don't work out, friends, family, significant others, whatever it is. You have a consistent track record of evidence providing you all the information you need to know that something is not working out. The Yankees have had all of that information over the past four years with Luis Severino. Um, And now, I mean, now they think they're going to tell, he's only going to miss a couple times through the rotation. No, we'll see. Like you said, we'll see him in June because that's when he'll be back. Um, it's just ridiculous how this keeps happening, um, whether it's complete. I, I mean, obviously, it's just bad luck, but a change of scenery for everybody involved here would be amazing because Severino probably doesn't like it that much here based on all he has dealt with. The Yankees are trying to force this because they signed into that extension um, back before the 2019 season and are feeling like they've thrown a bunch of money into a hole, which exactly they did, and now they're trying to get that value back in the form of one final good year before he hits free agency again. Um, in my opinion, the losses should have been cut um either back in November or at the winter meetings when he maybe had a trade market. Um now you're stuck with him for the year. Um and you're gonna be dealing with this type of stuff. And it's beyond frustrating and I really don't know what more else I could say about it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for Luis Everyone's next contract somewhere else. I not know I where can't, it's gonna I be. Really I really can't wait. I don't know where it's gonna be, but I can't wait. Get, best of luck. Uh, kind stop reading. Uh Every you know it's bad when you wake up and read uh, a prayer on his Instagram story, and you're like, "What happened to you? Something yeah. happened to you. What <laughs> is it? Somebody break the news." And then a couple hours later, there, there's the news. Of course, Um, yeah. Who knows when Luis Severino first got hurt? But I'm, I'm with you. I'd be willing to bet it was uh not over the weekend. He got scratched from a, a bullpen session on Friday. Apparently, we, we also none of us knew that. It, it would have been nice to know that a uh, bunch of beat reporters were. that's why beat reporters were on it so early on Saturday cuz they were like what happened to him yesterday remember the same thing happened when he needed Tommy John yep. they were like he he he's not going to have a bullpen session today cuz it was his birthday he's hung over and also his elbow hurts and he needs Tommy John surgery it's like oh great can he just can you just oh, word. just take it through just take me through it straight one time um even if they do go with Brito i would still like to see a Chris Flexen I would like to see a, a sixth starter, a veteran sixth starter from around the league. Dylan Bundy just signed. Uh, that's not somebody I was interested in at all. But uh, if you can trade Kyner Fleffa and a prospect for flexing, um, I've got uh, Elijah Dunham or Brandon Lockridge, somebody who uh, smart. a smart team should want Brandon Lockridge right now because he has the potential to be like a 15 homer, 20 stolen base guy. <laughs> Um, he sort of peaked at Double A. He's blocked at Triple A. There's really nowhere for him to go in the Yankee system. They clearly don't believe in him or care about him that much. Uh, but now that stolen bases are going to matter more than ever, you might want to grab somebody who can steal you 25 bags, 30 bags, uh, with significant, semi-significant power. Um, I would be if I were a smart team. I'd be trying to steal him in a trade right now. I think even if the Yankees want to roll with Brito, they should still grab a flexin type because uh, pitching doesn't grow on trees and you don't have a lot of it right now. Um, And if you want something else uh, that maybe doesn't grow on trees, but you want to find a way to obtain it, we recommend going to DraftKings. Do you have a DraftKings account? Fortunately, this offer is not for you, but are you a new customer? Wow. New customers only offer on DraftKings. If you are in the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, bet $5 on any sport. College basketball, Final Four coming up next weekend. NASCAR, NFL draft stuff. $5 on any sport. Get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Just use the code YANKSGOYARD when you sign up. Sign up. Again, new customers only. New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. This puts food on our table. The best way to support the podcast, show you care, and show that you're looking uh, to follow us into the 2023 Yankee season for the best content we can provide. The content gets better if you use the promo code a couple of caveats minimum $5 deposit and wager required new customers only 21 plus and present in new york new jersey connecticut you have a gambling problem call 8778 hope ny or text hope ny 467 369 in new york in new jersey call or text 1-800 gambler in connecticut call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat see full terms at draftkings.com or in the description below Uh, why not? We've got only a couple more days. The next time we're live, we will be live during the Yankees opening day contest. Uh, as long as everything stays uh, solidified, everything uh, stays above board. The Yankees don't take any weird risks during their one exhibition game in Washington tomorrow. They shouldn't start a single starter in that game, but they will. Um, as long as everything you know continues on as it should. Uh, here's what I predict will be the opening day lineup. Uh, and the Volpe thing is no longer uh, – it's no longer a pipe dream. He's going to be in there. He, w- he will. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be DJ LeMahieu at second base. And remember, this is opening day. This is not every day. This will not happen in game two of the season. But for opening day, I'm looking at DJ LeMahieu leading off playing second, Aaron Judge in center field, Anthony Rizzo at first, Giancarlo Stanton in right field. Opening day only, not the next day. Gleyber Torres at DH. Josh Donaldson starts at third. Aaron Hickson left Jose Javino catching Volpe in the nine spot not an ideal lineup because I don't want Hicks in there but I think he'll be in there for the opener and I don't think Stanton will play outfield again in this series but I think he will for the opener I don't think labor Torres gets benched two openers in a row your thoughts
2: my thoughts um, I'm going with what I want not what I would what I think is going to happen Um so I'm gonna go with um, Lemayhu leading off at DH because I think maybe at the beginning they're gonna to wanna to keep him off his feet a little bit. Um, and Glaber's obviously the better uh, option defensively because of the shift ban. Um, I also got Judge in center, uh, Rizzo at first, Stanton in right, cause I wanna see it. And I think it's gonna happen. I think they're gonna give us what we want. Um, Glaber at second, Donaldson third, I got Oswaldo in left field. Um, that's That's just what needs to happen. Or if you really liked what you saw from Judge in left field over the last uh, spring game or two, maybe he goes in left and Oswaldo's in center because they want to kind of expedite what they have in him uh, in order to, you know, what they have in him for the time when Harrison Bader's out because they're not going to want Judge in center too many times, um, Trevino catcher and Volpe at shortstop. So those are my only alterations. Um, At this point, I don't know how Aaron Hicks has earned an opening day roster spot. Um, I don't know how he's earned a starting spot in general. Um, I don't know if the Yankees want to risk still putting him on the field in these magnified moments where he's going to be the target of the crowd being unhappy. Um, if they're booing him at his first at bat in spring training, there is no reason to believe he won't be booed either the first time he steps up to the plate in the Bronx or the second he strikes out on three pitches. So, um, and Oswaldo has had a great spring. I think he's earned the start. Uh, it was funny when people were reporting that he made the opening day roster yesterday because it was like, no shit, dude. Yeah. He's fucking great. Great attitude. Good bat. Great defensive versatility. I think he's earned it. So that that's the only changes. Th- those are the only changes I'm making. I'm a little bit hesitant about Lemayu playing defense from the onset just because of his foot um, and because of the shift changes.
1: Interesting. I, yeah, again, uh, I think I think Jack Curry reported that, uh, you know, Oswaldo Cabrera was going to make the team. And it's like, imagine <laughs> if Oswaldo Cabrera had not made the team like, yeah, especially in the wake of the Volpe news. like That would have been so classic Yankees for them to yeah. be like <laughs> the moment you've been waiting for. Anthony Volpe is on the roster. We have seven graphics pre-packaged prepared for this moment. We're tweeting a photo of him with a Cashman quote. We're tweeting a video of him in the darkness, putting his hat on and buttoning the jersey. We got him hugging his parents. We got him in the locker room. We got him everywhere. And then it's like, oh, by the way, Osvaldo Cabrera is going to triple He's got some kinks to work out. Like They, they would just drop it at 4.52 on a Sunday. They would be like, wait, huh? huh? Excuse me? Uh, yeah, we're going to try to convert him to catcher. Uh, I don't know. I think I think these lineups are, are valid. And you're probably I – mean, the, the one thing I didn't really think about when, when I was just sort of being resigned and shrugging and saying, here comes Aaron Hicks. Uh, is imagine him dropping a ball on opening day. Imagine, yeah, him being, imagine him doing anything on like overrunning a ball down the left field line, giving up on one too early, leaving runners um, on base, getting picked off like it, it's immediately a mood killer. And uh, it's also not fun for him, like a guy no. who does not want to encounter that and, and, and have and live that life um Gleyber Torres managed to shrug off not starting on opening day last year he was fine I think uh, I think Aaron Hicks probably gets it. he was basically uh banished from Yankee Stadium down the stretch last year so I think he'd be okay if he did not start on opening day
2: yeah I hope that they just I I you need a good vibes lineup for opening day I know last year it was good to have LeMahieu in there instead of Torres with how his 2021 shook out but Gleyber ended up having a good year I think he's earned the second base job I think you got to be careful with LeMahieu Um, we talked about last episode. He's got, I haven't seen how he performed over the last couple of games, but multi, it was multi hit, multi hit, multi hit, multi hit. Like that's what the Yankees need. If he's at the top of the lineup and he's as healthy as he could possibly be. And he's, you know, he's turning on his, uh, on his pitches. He's not rolling over stuff. Um, it's the engine that makes the Yankees as productive as they could possibly be. So that, that's why I'm, I'm thinking he's DH
1: yeah there is so much pomp and circumstance on opening day uh ultimately does not matter and Gliber torres even last year didn't start hit a sack fly in, in extra Nexus, on, yeah. on opening day and helped okay. get that uh, get that walk off dub over the red sox so you never know uh you just want everybody to stay intact ahead of time and we still have more decisions coming down the pike it's not over we still have to figure out who's in the outfield picture it, oswaldo cabrera is there aaron hicks will be there Esteban Florial making the team, Rafael Ortega making the team, Willie Calhoun making the team. All three are still here. Calhoun's starting today. Um, so buckle up. We're not done. There, there's more news to break and and potential trades, theoretically. Um, you know, I think it's – I don't think the Yankees are going to do anything beyond searching for pitching depth at this point, but it was one year ago that we thought the roster was pretty set and they traded mm-hmm. a Albert Breu for Jose Trevino – and upended everything and got themselves an all-star catcher like three days before the regular season. So don't give up hope. It's a tough time to trade right now because everyone's having the same conversations. Nobody, nobody wants the New York Yankees butting into their front office conversations about who's making the roster and who isn't with a last-minute, like, wrench just being like, and we'd also like to make a trade. It's like, fuck, we're just planning this. <laughs> we had all these prospects on the roster. Why, why are the Yankees calling me? Um, so it's tough, but they, if they could get some extra pitching, it'd be really nice. Really. would. It would be,
2: I don't know. It's I I want it to happen too, but it's, I don't know who's parting with pitching right now. It's the best asset you could possibly carry heading into opening day, especially an extra starter. Um, so while the flexing idea, as we mentioned, uh, based on the uh, speculation from the athletic is a really cool idea. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. Jerry DePoto's is a smart GM. I don't know why he would he would consider that, um, especially since their infield is kind of settled. I mean, sure, there is a need for depth and maybe some versatility there, um, but not at the expense of trading a starting pitcher or someone who can be in long relief who has a sub, you know, three seven five ERA and a you know decent WHIP in the in the you know lower ones. Um, I hope that something materializes. I'm not optimistic about it. Um, I just really wish that we non-tendered IKF and saved the money. That's all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Turns out we lied to everybody about that. We were like, hey, it doesn't really matter. You know, just because he's being tendered to contract doesn't mean he's going to be on the opening day roster. I'm sure somebody wants him. They've got all these shortstops. Smash cut to opening day, still here, still costing $6 million. Still a, a fine player, but a worse player than all of these other people on the roster. So yeah. it's not great roster math to be paying the worst player on your offensive side of the ball uh, $6 million. just isn't.
2: It's not. Then you have Lemayhu and uh, Cabrera, who are, could theoretically do the same thing for better. Brian Hoke has Floreal question mark on the opening day roster um i think that's crazy i i just think that's i don't know i know we've talked about it at length in terms of um his spring performance and him needing a good one to 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 make the roster but i don't know is defense are they is defense the number one thing here um because you have ortega who kind of fell off a cliff 143 average 695 ops i know Again, it doesn't really matter because we know what he's accomplished at the MLB level just as recently as two years ago. Um, Willie Calhoun, 292, 766 OPS. Um, Though he has no center field experience, so that hurts with the versatility, I suppose. Um, I don't know. At that that point, that's why I would make Cabrera the fourth outfielder until Bader comes back, and then I would have just made extra room for Peraza to just be on the bench because I think he's better suited to be on the bench than doing whatever at triple a what does he have to prove at triple a i don't think there's much there um and as we kind of segue into that discussion what is going to happen with him oswald peraza Are yeah. look did the yankees technically screw with his confidence um maybe uh, not necessarily i mean he came up he came up last year and had an opportunity to do stuff he did the stuff, and then all he needed to do was have a decent spring and go toe to toe with Anthony Volpe, who you know he was ahead, he was ahead of in the pecking order, um, and he couldn't do it. I don't know if he was bothered by this foot issue. Is that even still a thing? I don't really know. But you can't bat 190 with a 616 OPS. Um, that's just what it comes down to. Spring training only matters for these position competitions, uh, especially among the younger players. Um, so 18 games at the big league level, fairly impressive. I think he had three Oh six with like an 828 OPS. Um, good, but also um, you need to sustain that. And Anthony Volpe managed to jump from double A AA to triple A and kind of keep his play going at that level. And then he jumped from triple A to the bigs and then outperform Oswald Peraza. Um, so Peraza had the chance. I don't think that they're, they're necessarily messing with his confidence. I think it's, and if he looked to send him down to triple a, despite the fact he played in the bigs last year, and it looked like he was a fit regardless of where he would be played. Um, but the Yankees have a log jam right now. Um, and that's the first and foremost problem. My only other true issue with demoting him is that I think you're fucking with his trade value now, because what is another team who's in need of a shortstop going to say when it's like, well, why didn't he make the opening day roster? If he's, if, if him and Volpe are the future of the middle infield, like why is he going back down to triple A? And, you know, why are you hanging on to somebody like IKF in, in, in favor of Peraza or even someone like Hicks? Um, If you really want to get, if you really want to go deeper down in terms of the players who are not producing and are making the money and are stuck on the roster simply because of, of those concerns. Um, So that's my main issue with it. It's like, you're kind of you're devaluing him after you had him at the top he was he he came up to the bigs for a month he did exactly what he needed to do and now he's back in the minors I don't know I don't know if that makes sense I don't know what it means for his future um I still hope this is the middle infield of the future but um it seems like this is going to be at least a minor wrench in what's going to go down over the next few
1: months well, you're passing on all these high-dollar-value shortstops, yeah. and when you do that, you're basically saying you, you do need to either cash in Peraza or Volpe for like a really top-level chip for Luis Castillo or Shohei Otani or someone yep. like that, or you need to play them both. Because you could always have signed Corey Seager and move Volpe to second. Yep, You could always have signed Corey Seager and move Volpe to third. You could always have signed Corey Seager, move Volpe anywhere, move Corey Seager somewhere, trade Glaber Torres. There are many avenues uh, to freeing up one middle infield spot for a extremely expensive free agent. But you didn't. So you're basically saying, we think we got the horses right here. It's Volpe, Peraza, and maybe Cabrera, and maybe Glaber, depending on what he shows us. Um, And now you're maybe saying, uh, well, unfortunately, we got to move this guy down to triple A. I think uh, I, I would be very curious to see if the foot injury played more of a part in this than than we thought. Um, maybe he starts on the AAA IL, and then we're all like, oh, yeah, okay, so he was hurt all spring. Uh, of all the positions where the Yankees could afford to absorb an, a non-major injury, knock on wood, obviously middle infield was one of them. Uh, if, if somebody's got a minor ding and they're going to have to miss 20 or so games, there was a lot of depth there to fill in the gap. And I think I'd feel better about Peraza's future. If I knew that that was hampering him somewhat, maybe he could take some time off and get right uh, and give Peraza credit. He had all the right things to say about losing the battle to Volpe. He said, quote, this was before the news was official, but I think he probably knew it already. Uh, he said, when you look at the results that Volpe gotten really, really good results. Everybody has seen it. He has a bright future ahead of him. I can see it. Everybody can see it. I think both of these guys have bright futures ahead of them. I yeah. think they're both coming in pinstripes, ultimately. I don't think yesterday's news changes that much, but it was pretty disconcerting, especially since the Yankees were more than willing to carry Peraza last fall on the roster and not use him. And now, all of a sudden, he needs more time to develop a triple
2: yeah, like are they valuing – like what is the value here? Do you want an extra – you already have a fourth outfielder as an emergency in Oswaldo Carrera. So you're going to carry an extra outfielder here who is either Esteban Floreal, who's pro, I just don't think is good, um, or veterans in Rafael Ortega or Willie Calhoun who haven't exactly oh, – Ortega just homered. Yeah, um, Rafael Ortega or just hit like that a 150-foot run, Fucking bomb. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I don't know. I I don't know. I would have just, I would have went with Peraza and I would have had Cabrera being the fourth outfielder for the time being. And you even have Stanton too. Stanton's technically, Stanton can technically be an outfielder. Um, if you, uh, if, if you can play him, you know, twice a week, that that'll take, that'll take the, the burden off a bunch of other people. Um, so I don't know. And and if you're going to keep IKF and he's been taking outfield reps, then what's the use? You have all these people who can play outfield, and that's really what you're planning for because that's where you have that's where you have the least amount of depth right now, um, and you're maybe hindering the growth of a promising prospect who already kind of showed you what he's made of. I don't think spring training. I don't think this spring training performance devalues Oswald Peraza whatsoever. I think the Yankees made the devaluing decision by optioning him. Um, and keeping other uninspiring players on the roster, or paving a way to bring on another uninspiring player. Um, but yeah, my my, I don't, I don't, I don't hope he's injured. But it would be more, it, w- it would be easier for me to cope and understand the decision, cope with and understand the decision if he's going to start the year on the on the AAA IL because of this foot issue or whatever else is going on. Um, so that's re- that's those are really my my takes on, on what's kind of unfolding here.
1: Put Rafael Ortega on the team. I'm sold. I just saw the bomb. It it was nice. Such a bomb. (laughs) It was nice. Um, Well, we'll see you on Thursday folks when we'll know much more. We'll have a full roster by then we'll have game action. We can't wait to be live during the game. It'll be about an hour in, I guess baseball games are about two hours and 20 minutes at this point. So (laughs) who the hell knows? Uh, Certainly not me. Uh, but we will catch you mid-game, be able to talk you through it, and enjoy some Yankees baseball. Do some last-minute roster analysis. We absolutely can't wait. You can find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays. Just so happens to fall on this Thursday, and whenever we need to, we'll come on live uh, again to address any breaking news we miss. Uh, Mondays and Thursdays, two o'clock Eastern. All podcast platforms. Immediately after Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, we will be there. Drop us a five-star review. Makes us feel good. Don't drop us a lesser review than five stars. makes us feel bad. Uh, Five stars or nothing, please. Uh, Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you?
2: I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Our bylines right on over at YanksGoYard.com. We got a lot of content there for you. We got stuff, some stuff planned out over the next couple of days in preparation for opening day. It's great stuff. We appreciate uh, you guys visiting the site, commenting, engaging. Please keep it going. We got a long season ahead. It's beginning this week. We're excited for everything that's to come. So um, we'll see you all on Thursday, opening day. Get ready and get prepped. Next two days, start doing push-ups. Get jacked up. Let's go.
1: See everybody.